0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time.
1: While you were working, only on Money FM 89.3. Right, as we have just mentioned, uh, there's a lot been going on over the last couple of hours, particularly while you have been working. Blast and Sirens, blasts and Sirens, I should say. Heard across Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, today, Russian forces fired missiles at several cities in Ukraine and landed troops on its south coast.
0: That's right. And responding to the situation, U.S. President Joe Biden has condemned what he called an unprovoked and unjustified attack by Russian military forces.
1: And also we should add that uh, forces have now, of course, crossed the border into the Ukraine as well. To help us understand the situation, we're joined now by Pushandat, the Professor of Economics and political sciences at INSEAD. Uh, Professor, very, very good to have you with us um, at quite uh, a momentous moment, really. Um, What does Vladimir Putin want? What's his endgame?
2: So I think this is like the big question. It is, uh, you know, very difficult to figure out where this is going to actually end up. So uh, one of the things we can do is we can try to actually understand where he's coming from and one of the things that Putin has said that he thinks that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the most catastrophic event in Russia's history, more than World War II and the millions of deaths that happened there. So it, with the collapse of the Soviet Union, essentially Russia was no longer a superpower and uh, not accorded the due respect and deference. So therefore the roots of the conflict go back to this point And uh, the Russians are ex- have been extremely opposed to the expansion of NATO and you know they want to be restored to a preeminent position in world power politics. So I think the big question which is in everyone's mind, which is completely unresolved, is that where will this end? In my opinion, I think the time to defuse this crisis is over because the military conflict has already started, but everyone should think about how they should prevent the next crisis now. So the big risk, of course, is that Ukraine is merely a stepping stone to Russia's ultimate goal of breaking up NATO, especially carving out uh, the countries in Eastern Europe.
0: Well, sorry, that, 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 that was actually quite a depressing <laughs> take on the situation of push but okay. The U S has currently said it will not go to war with Russia over Ukraine, but the troops are in there. Um, damage and, and harm would definitely be in, in the books somehow. Right. So, but the, the international community cannot just stand aside and do nothing at this point in time.
2: Correct. So the, what the U.S. and its allies are going to do is they're going to respond with sanctions. In my opinion, that's the only arrow in their quiver because, as you just said, Ukraine isn't part of NATO and they've ruled out putting uh, troops on the ground uh, in, inside the conflict. So basically there are three broad kinds of sanctions which are on the table. One are these Magnitsky sanctions after the Magnitsky Act which target specific individuals, especially the Russian oligarchs. Now, these are not that effective in the short term. The second are the economic sanctions, which would forbid sale of Russian oil and gas in certain sanctioning countries. This requires cooperation of Asian countries, and it's not clear where China will, whether China will give market access to Russian oil. But I think the biggest one are essentially the financial uh, sanctions, which prevent access of Russian companies and banks to financial markets these are the ones which can bite the hardest and the quickest compared to the sanctions when russians annex crimea i think these financial sanctions should be much uh, harsher again there are gradations here so you know japan for instance has already said that it's going to cut off russia's ability to sell its bonds overseas and you know the u.s is also going to follow this the ultimate move is to actually Cut off Russia from the SWIFT system, which is this international system that the banks use for payments, currency exchanges, and other stuff. This has not been invoked in the past and something that the Europeans will also have to agree to, but this is the, the, the most effective thing that they can do in the short term.
0: Professor Dutt, this is JP Ong. I did want to touch on that point you made about sanctions on Russian oil and gas. Uh, we did uh, The thing, though, is this is happening at a time when inflation is really, really high across many parts of the world. When you look at the inflationary print here in Singapore, a lot of it coming from utility prices due to rising oil and, and natural gas. Um, and the, the fear is that if, there, if oil and gas is sanctioned in Russia, which, by the way, is one of the three largest producers in the world, that this could actually intensify inflationary pressure. My question is, does, uh, a pres- does President Putin in this high stake chess game actually have more actually more bargaining chips and perhaps more in his arsenal to try and uh, to try and bank on and perhaps wait out some of these sanctions because of how important he is in the global energy uh, you know in the global energy complex?
2: Absolutely. So a lot of the inflation which, which is which first showed up in the U.S. and now in Europe uh, is being driven by higher energy prices. Now, this obviously, you know, uh, cutting off uh, the sale of Russian oil to uh, mainly it goes to Europe and it goes to, uh, to Asia, that's going to have an impact. But I'm a little bit more sanguine about this in the sort of the medium term for a couple of reasons. The first thing is that shale oil can come in in the U.S. and take up a bunch of the slack. And we're seeing actually rigs going up in Texas. The second, what we are likely to see is that, let's say the Russians have stopped from selling oil to Europe, their major market, that oil is likely to be diverted from China. This in turn will mean that China will buy oil from the Middle East and that Middle Eastern oil will actually go to Europe. So in the short term, there will be price fluctuations and price spikes but uh, you know this will uh, iron itself out pretty quickly the other options that the americans have which they will use is releasing oil from the strategic reserves they will call on the saudi the saudis and the uae to produce more in fact they might even be a restart talks with iran because iran can actually replace much of the oil production that russia currently supplies so i think in the short term lots of speculative frenzy but I'm less worried about it over the, over a one to three month horizon.
0: Well, can we just loop back to, to um, you know what you said earlier, um, what we were talking about earlier about what Putin wants? Um, he's indicated right that occupation was not his goal; it was just teach a lesson, right? So, how do you see this military conflict panning out? That the Russian troops would eventually then withdraw.
2: So that is, that is a very difficult question because, uh, you know, like most others, I don't have, you know, complete insight into mm. what Putin is actually thinking. And I think that's basically the biggest challenge. Like, what is, what is the off ramp that we have? Mm. Right now, all these off ramps are actually closed because President Zelensky has been extremely steely in his resolve and is not budging. He initially tried to calm things down, but, you know, in the last few days he's actually Uh, ratcheted ratcheted things up uh the americans and the nato are standing firm they are not going to budge and give russia say in the security arrangements and now from putin's perspective he stakes his entire credibility in this dispute with you know this massive mobilization of troops so this is a horrible and unfortunate uh, situation i think uh, entirely unnecessary but uh you know it's 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 i i am still struggling to see you know what the end game is the best we can hope for is a few skirmishes and you know and then there is a lot of internal pressure within the population in russia where the support for putin uh put for this war te- tends to be quite tepid quite soft that that will you know essentially he will declare victory pick up uh, and and you know bring the conflict to a halt
1: yeah, absolutely. And uh, who knows what this endgame is. Uh, Push on professor of economics and political sciences at INCIAD. Thank you so much for giving some insight into what's been a developing and very disturbing situation. We we value insights and we hope to have you on again very soon.
2: Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O, available on Google Play or the App Store.